Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, all about movies. And today, my guest is James Cullen Bresick. And we are going to be talking about his very exciting new movie called Survive the Game, starring Bruce Willis. How exciting. Good to have you on the show, James. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me, Jan. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So this is rather exciting. This is a very exciting film. It keeps you uh, going and guessing throughout. It's a crime thriller. So talk a little bit about, tell the audience. So they know what we're talking about, what the synopsis of Survive the Game is all about. So, uh, sorry, I got an airplane right right on me when I'm supposed to talk. Can't uh, hear it. It's okay, as long as you can hear us. Oh, no worries. Awesome. So so basically, Survive the Game is about uh, two cops, Bruce Willis and and, uh, Sven Temmel, who plays Cal. Both of them... uh, ambush a bunch of uh, drug dealers and, and uh, during a drug deal gone wrong and then they have to chase these guys to uh, a, a farm in the middle of nowhere where, where Chad Michael Murray's living and basically it's good guys versus bad guys everybody's shooting everybody it's nonstop action uh, when, I can't stress that enough it's literally nonstop action um, yes. you know it's, it's I, 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 there's barely any dialogue in this movie <laughs> Well, there there was some, but yes, you're right. It's nonstop action. There's a, there's a lot sure. of there's a lot of uh, long fight sequences. There's like two car chases. You know, you've got explosions. There's there's a lot of stuff going on. It's a it's it's a lot of fun. It, it it is a ride. It's definitely a ride, and it does. It has a lot going on. I think you I think you threw everything but the chicken uh, kitchen sink into this film. <laughs> Actually, technically, I think somebody gets their head smashed in the kitchen sink in that in that fight scene in the kitchen in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> See, he did throw in the kitchen sink <laughs> for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> Listen, uh, Bruce Willis. Okay, you're 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 very young, and you've accomplished a lot. And we're going to talk a lot about your career because you've had a very phenomenal career for um, being oh, being you're the young age that you are. So you are a wondercon, kind as they say. So. How did you uh, attract Bruce Willis to this? And and also, I you told me that you are directing him in another film. So let's talk about the, the you know incomparable Bruce Willis and how you attracted him to this project. Yeah, so Bruce uh, Bruce has a longstanding relationship with the producers, so they were able to uh, to, to bring him on board, uh, Randall Emmett and, uh, and and George Furla. So they brought him on board this film, and uh, as well as Stephen Eads. And and so you know, Bruce is uh, you know it, it was really exciting for me to work with Bruce. Um, you know, I, I know. Uh, Bruce found this funny when I said this, but you know, Sin City is is my one of my favorite movies uh, uh, of all time, and, and obviously, you know, my favorite that and Pulp Fiction are my two favorite Bruce movies. I know it's not Sin City is not what you think Bruce Willis. That's not like the movie people say, but I I, I watched that movie maybe a hundred times when I was a kid. So so working with him was was uh, awesome for me, and so I worked with him on Survive the Game, and then we did another movie called The Fortress that's coming out as well that stars Bruce and and Chad again, as well as. Um, uh, Jesse Metcalf and Shannon Doherty, and uh, yeah, and Sedarius Blaine, who's uh, on uh, Fox's The Big Leap right now. So it's uh, I'm I'm really uh, excited. You know, it was it was a lot of fun to work with him, and and you know, it's one of those things that I feel I'm very fortunate to be able to work with uh, such great names as Bruce and and Chad uh, mm-hmm. Chad Michael Murray and and, um, and Zach Ward, who's in this as well. I've worked with many times, and, uh, and Sean Cannon and Sven Temmel. Uh, you know, uh, Michael Ciro. I, I was very lucky to work with such great people. I think. 
Well, you have a big cast. It's a, a very big cast of characters in this film. So it was, what was it like working with such a large cast in a small, you know, environment? It's not like we were a cast of thousands where you were shooting, you know, big battle scenes, but you are shooting battle scenes, but it's on a smaller uh, pan- set, panoramic set. Let's put it that uh, you way. You know, I, it, was, it was really exciting for me because, uh, you know, it, it, we were able to uh, create unique, um, unique characters with each person, you know, so I think it was, it was a lot of fun doing that. Uh, you know, part of what I did with uh, the costume design is like all of the costumes for all of the characters were like reminiscent of like, you know, some of like the movies, the action movies that inspired me. So like, you know, we have um, Simon Phillips who, who plays English. He's dressed up like a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, like I have him in like a like an outfit that makes him look like he's from a Guy Ritchie movie. Sean Kanan was like, you know, my throwback to, to you know, Taxi Driver. Uh, you know, so I had... I had everybody in there, you know, uh, um, uh, Zach Ward. I had, uh, you know, he looks almost un- unrecognizable with the tattoos and the, and the bleached blonde hair, um, you know, and, and I had him uh, him and um, and uh, Kate uh, kind of doing this like Mickey and Mallory thing from from Natural Born Killers. And, you know, it was just it was just really cool because, like, for me, the movie was just like this, like almost surreal. Like, you know, we just get, you know, Chad Michael Murray's character just gets dropped in the middle of an action movie. Uh, like uh, unsuspecting and so like I wanted it to feel like you know like he literally like as if he turned on a video game like you know he presses a button opens the door and suddenly there's an actual action movie in his front lawn like you know Bruce Willis uh, people looking like characters from other movies like crazy stuff going on and I thought that was really fun and I think you know uh, you know Christos Andrews who's uh, plays um Michael in it. He's uh, he's like the the main bad guy uh, towards the end. You know, he has uh, a, a very interesting look as well for for the movie. I think he's you know he plays like you know a very elegant businessman looking type, and then you know which is juxtaposed to you know I had uh, Michael Ciro's character you know be like my throwback to uh, you know Eastern Promises. Um, he's very similar to to that style and look. Uh, so I uh, you know Viggo Mortensen's character in that. So I just kind of just tried to have as much fun uh, as I could and and. You know, having the the space, I kind of just spread the people out in the space based upon, you know, uh, what I thought would be unique for the look and style that I was going for. Well, it does work, and it is unique. Each character is unique, and, and and it's great having that background of the throwback to other movies and why you um, had them dressed the way they did in the movie. So that's kind of – that's fascinating. Yeah, that's- so – when I make movies, I try to do like little Easter eggs of like the films that inspired me and the stuff that I really like. And, and, you know, like there's shots and, 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 and looks for characters and all this different stuff. Like it's not, it's not like from the other movie, but if I said like, Hey, this was inspired by that. Cause like, I thought of that, like, you know, you go like, Oh, that makes sense. So I try to do like little things that are like my throwbacks to stuff where it's like, you know, uh, I, I get like super excited because it's like, you know, in, in my mind, like for, for instance, in the fortress we're filming it, there's this part where, you know, they're driving through the jungle and in my head, I was just over and over again, hearing like the, the theme song from Jurassic Park. Cause I was just like, oh, this is my Jurassic Park moment, you know, even though there were no dinosaurs. So nobody would really watch it and think that, but you know, that's kind of uh, how I try to have fun with these things. And, and uh, you know, I try to find these, these, these moments to, uh, to, to do that. And I think it was a really collaborative film. Uh, you know, I, I had a great cast that I was able to collaborate with and, and find, you know, really uh, fun and, and different things to, to strengthen the, the characters and, 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 and uh, you know, create, uh, you know, one thing that was really cool that in the trailer, there's that, that there's that line where, um, uh, 
forgive me, it's in the trailer, so I don't mean to curse, but where Bruce goes like, I got shot today and I'm tied up and you still hit like a bitch. Uh, that was Bruce just ad-libbing. That, like, that was not in the script. Bruce came up with that and, and, and I thought that was great. And so I, I threw it in the movie and I thought it was awesome that it ended up in the trailer. I'm like those happy moments that like didn't exist on the page and that it becomes part of the movie. That's great. I did not know that. Did Bruce ad-lib uh, a number of times throughout this film or did he follow the script pretty closely? Uh, you know, it, that's the thing is like, you know, sometimes he ad-libbed, sometimes he did, you know, what was in, uh, you know, what was in the script. I'd say, you know, 90% of the time it's what's in the script, but like, you know, that 10%, like, you know, he brings that little magic of like, you know, beyond the page that like, you know, somebody that only, uh, you know, Bruce's, you know, experience could, could do. Um, you know, I, I, I always encourage my actors to to find, you know, I, I look at scripts more as like a blueprint and like, you know, we, so we understand, you know, the, 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 that the house is built this way. Right. But it doesn't say what's on the walls when you, when you have a blueprint. Right. So, so I, I let them, I encourage them as long as it doesn't change, um, you know, the meaning of, of the scene to like, you know, ad lib or, or, or find, you know, little moments that passed it. And so, you know, Bruce, I think had fun with that as well as Zach Ward had some fun with that as well. And I think, you know, we, we, we found some, some cool stuff that's a little bit past what's, uh, what's on the page. And some of the most famous lines in movie history were ad lib. Right, right. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, that, you know, as the, the actor knows the character really well and, um, and how they might, how they speak and talk and, and, um, and oh, for sure. And that's the fun part of acting too is the ad, is, is the improvisation that takes place, you know, uh, yeah, very I mean, often. For sure. I believe film is a living, breathing thing. It's a collaborative medium. So like, you know, I'll take my ideas about the character, the actor will take their ideas about the character and we throw them at the, the canvas and whatever we use, like whatever works for both of us, we use to paint the picture of who that person is. And so I feel like, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, ad-libbing or, or, or creating stuff past the page, um, you know, dialogue wise, I think that's, you know, you, actors come with different tool sets that they can bring to elevate the movie. Uh, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson recently said in like an interview that, you know, the best special effect a director could have is a really good actor. And, and I, I agree. That's like that. Mm-hmm. That's what people are coming to see the movies for is like, you know, good actors doing good stuff. So I, you know, I, I encourage uh, some great moments if, if we can find them. Yeah. You know, and you're, you're right. I think we, uh, we'll go see a movie because of the actors that are in it. Um, or if it's a Marvel picture, maybe we don't know the actors sometimes. <laughs> and then we begin to know them and they become world famous yeah. um, by being in those films. But, you know, Bruce, Bruce Willis is legendary, uh, obviously. What did, did you learn anything from him? Now you're, you're, you're directing your second film with Bruce. Um, did you learn, learn anything from him on this particular film? Or just in general, Uh, have you learned from him? I think like, you know, in general, we learn from everybody that we work with, you know, everybody, you know, every single actor or or crew member um, that you work with or or producer or anything like, you know, you, you, you learn from, I I would say, you know, for me, as you mentioned, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm young, I'm I'm 29 years old and I, you know, I, I feel like I'm still learning, you know, every, every movie I do, I learn so much. Um, and so I'd say like, you know, I'm, I'm always constantly like absorbing and learning things from all the people that I, I, I work with, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, sometimes directors don't always have to have the best ideas. They just have to be able to recognize good ones. And sometimes, you know, it's why I, you know, 
of course I bring my ideas to the table, but I'm, I'm very collaborative with the people that I work with. And I think, you know, ultimately, um, learning from those around me that have done it so many more times, uh, I think strengthens the, the, the product in the end and the film that everybody ends up seeing. 100%, 100%, you know, and you'll continue to learn until the day you die, James, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully. because there's always new things to learn. I think even still Steven Spielberg probably would tell you the same thing if you were to ask him at this stage in his career, <laughs> that he's constantly still learning, because that makes it interesting. The more it, it's how, what keeps you young is to be curious and to keep wanting to learn. I think the minute we, sure. think, we think we've got it, forget it, you know, we get slapped down very quickly. <laughs> if we, yeah. I think we've got it all done. So, um, for you, what was the most difficult part of filming this? Was this filmed before the pandemic or during the pandemic? When was this filmed? During the pandemic. So, part of the difficult, you know, stuff was, uh, I think, you know, people having to be, you know, separated more um, due to, you know, COVID restrictions as well as like the constant testing. You know, I'm all for, you know, the testing and being safe and all that stuff. But, you know, having having a thing, it's the deep nose one. So having the thing go deep in your nose, uh, you know, every other day was, yeah. it's, it's, it definitely wakes you up. I didn't need coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your, your your sinuses are clear for sure. Thought, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> so, t- t- where did you find the farmhouse? Where was that filmed? Because I, obviously, that's a, a so, big that part of this in movie. Puerto Rico. It was filmed in Puerto Rico, and, and we, so we filmed the whole movie in Puerto Rico. Wow, we had okay. a, a wonderful crew uh, that we worked with. I, uh, you know, I, I loved I loved working with the Puerto Rican crew, um, and you know, Luyo. Uh, uh, producer over there and, and Bobby and, and Katya, um, uh, you know, they, they, they really put together a great crew that I got to work with. And it was, uh, you know, it was great. The Puerto Ricans were very, um, welcoming to us, uh, production wise. And it was, uh, it was, it was really beautiful filming over there. Um, uh, got a little hot sometimes, not going to lie, but, <laughs> but, but other than that, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty amazing. What time of year did you film it? Uh, so, oof, that is hard to. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, I would say <laughs> this year is the time of year. No, I filmed it this year. I want to say in April or maybe March. Okay, so it was just you were filming then, and then you're, and now it's out in September. So that's that's pretty fast. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just a whirlwind. Yeah. It's a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's it's. it's <laughs> well, yeah, that's but, great that you filmed in Puerto Rico. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it was awesome. It was super cool. It was super cool. So you you've um you've done a, as I said a lot of things. You started working around age eighteen. But I, what I want to talk to you about, you had a film that was banned in England in the UK. And, yes, I did. And I did. um and it was yeah. one of what? <laughs> how many films have been banned in the UK? Not many. One of three first whatever. It not many. One of three in the past ten years. But I think like you know during the eighties they banned a lot of them. So I think it's like one of like thirty or something in, in history. So why was it banned? What? What? Why do they ban films <laughs> in the UK? And uh, why was your film banned? I mean, the, so the official statement on it was that the movie was uh, unfit for anyone of. Any any age to see really um, 
<laughs> All right, James. Said, Oops, uh, we lost you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm here. Sorry. Okay. They said uh, they said it was too it was too um, too violent and like the language was too strong. Basically, like I made a, you know a horror movie of what would scare me. So it was you know it was it was a home invasion film where neo Nazis break into a Jewish family's home and terrorize them. I'm Jewish myself, and I got the idea because like I you know I was I was like 19 years old on my way to a, uh, a film festival that my first movie was playing at and i you know we stopped off at like a like a bar and grill on the way it was like we road tripped over there and uh, and i was like accosted by like actual neo-nazis there and like you know the the guy who owned the bar like basically told us like we should leave or like bad things would end up happening all this stuff started happening and and so, like, you know, I started to think of that. And so, you know, me and my uh, writing partner and producing partner, who was also Jewish, kind of came up with this this concept of, of what to do. And so we put together this film. Basically, I, I think we made a movie that would scare us. And, and I think it also highlighted the fact that, like, you know, uh, hate crimes, especially hate crimes towards, towards you know, Jewish people were on the rise. Now, this was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's even more prevalent now. But I think, you know, people didn't kind of turn a blind eye to it at the, at the time uh, but you know it was saying that hate crimes were on the rise and I think uh, maybe it was too intense for certain people but for me you know it, especially because of budgetary restraints and also like trying to do it in, in a less exploitative manner you know none of the on screen violence or horrific things like actually happens on screen it happens slightly off screen so like they say something's going to happen like there's like a moment where like you know so they say they're going to kill this person and then the camera pans away because it's found footage style and then you hear it happen like off the screen like they say there's going to be like a like a like a rape scene and then you hear the screams and it pans away like it doesn't like like it doesn't actually there's no nudity or or real on-screen violence in the movie so i think it was just uh you know the power of the message and the and the um and the uh, imagination um you know is it the type of movie i would make today no i don't think so i think i've gone more uh commercial with a lot of the stuff i do but like you know at 19 years old uh i just kind of made something that was like a a a message for what i was feeling uh the fear i was feeling at the time um you know and uh yeah what's the name of that film can it be found or do you not want to say crime. what's it called? It's called it's called hate crime. Hate and crime. It's, uh, okay. It's it's and, I, and I'm definitely making it sound a little bit more classy than it ends up seeming when you watch it. It's 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 really insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an insane movie, but but uh, it's it's very different than the movie we're we're talking about today. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we'll go, we'll go back to the movie we're talking about today, which is saving the game or save the game, save the game, survive the game, survive, survive the, game. the game. I'm sorry. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> survive the game um the music speaking of your composer calling you um i wanted to talk to you a little bit about the music because the music was really interesting too throughout this film and lots of different genres so let's talk yeah. about that let's talk about the music yeah, so the music the music was really awesome um i think you know the composer tim uh tim jones did did an amazing job and then i also was really fortunate enough i have a, a good relationship with uh, cleopatra records uh, and Cleopatra Records, um, you know, uh, donated a, a lot of tracks to the movie that like, gave us a lot of, of music. And and also, you know, uh, Brian Pereira from Cleopatra, I really appreciate. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, I was I was also um, uh, good friends with DMX. Uh, we did, uh, you know, a couple movies together before he passed away. And it, it was, uh, you know, it was an honor to have uh, two of his songs in the film. Um, which, uh, which, you know, I thought had to be during the chase scenes because, you know, DMX, that, that rough voice goes, uh, 
during chase scenes really well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, you know, we did a lot of, we did a lot of uh, really cool stuff with the music in there. I think, you know, we have you know, everything from DMX to like electronica to like, you know, we, we go in and we have, you know, junior Wells, uh, um, you know, uh, blues music. So I, I think it was, it was really, uh, I think it's a really interesting soundtrack. I'm excited for people to check out. It is. It's very interesting, and it and, and it is. It's fascinating to listen to it, and it really works well throughout the movie, uh, too. Let's talk about the female um, protagonist. You know, the f- protagonists that you have in these films because they're all bad girls. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no. No, no, I mean, uh, Sarah Romer is uh, Sarah Romer is uh, plays a, a good person, but she she. You know, uh, she's not in too much of the movie, but she's it's it's more of a, a you know a, a cameo. She, Sarah's great though; I, uh, she was wonderful to work with, and you know her and Chad are, are super lovely. Um, but yeah, no, we we have we have some some pretty badass uh, bad females in this movie. Yes, uh, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Donna uh, Dierico, uh Julia Class, and uh, and Kate Katzman. Um, uh, play the the bad girls in this movie, and uh, and they're all super murderous, and uh, and you, you definitely got to check out the movie. But they're 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 pretty insane. All of them are 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 pretty uh pretty bad. Yes, they <laughs> are. Like that. Like I, I just realized that when you said that, we don't have any like redeeming female characters. They're all they're all bad people, uh, and the bad guys. But you know, it it's just the way it worked out. <laughs> but they they definitely they definitely slug it out. They they go and they 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 try and kill everyone i mean they're they're violent as hell when you auditioned them did they all have to know um how to fight you know how to do some of the karate and some of the other you know um things that you have them do in this film i mean obviously i mean each other up all three of them all three of them have fight training and stuff but yeah i mean you know it's it's always great when, when your actors uh you know have uh have fight training but just in general just across the board i also want to give a shout out the stunt crew in puerto rico was insane they did an amazing job. I mean, they, they, those guys were jumping out of buildings. They were, you know, in cars when they were, you know, crashing. They were doing insane fight sequences and choreographing insane, really long fight sequences. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, the, you know, Raul uh, was the stunt coordinator and, and Jonathan and Monica um, and a few others, uh, you know, uh, Leo and, and all these guys were, were our, uh, our, our uh, uh, stunt performers and, and they were just insane. Those people really, really went for it and, and I'm very blessed. I got to work with them. That's great. Other than the heat and filming during the pandemic, was there anything else that made this shoot a little bit more difficult than usual? Uh, you know, I think every shoot has its challenges. When you're making a movie, everything uh, has its challenges. I, I wouldn't say anything more difficult than normal. I would just say, you know, the the main thing is just you know uh, COVID restrictions. This was this was my first time really like you know doing something inside of the pandemic that you know it's it was it was an interesting learning curve from 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 previously having you know directed movies where there was no like hey you can't be within six feet or more than three people in a room or like you know all the stuff that that didn't exist um a few years ago yeah that's it has changed in that respect so just briefly we have about 20 seconds or so talk a little bit about the new movie with bruce willis what's the synopsis of that and what's the name of it so the new movie is called the fortress it's basically father played by bruce is has his son who's estranged from him come visit him at this like retirement community and basically the retirement community gets overrun by mercenaries and 
Bruce, who is ex a lot of things, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, has has some has some skills to kill, and his son Jesse Metcalf uh, have to fight their way out and save the people in this in this community. All right. Well, we'll look forward to watching the Fortress. Do you know when that might be coming out? I don't, but it's it's a it's a lot of fun. So I'm excited for people to see it. Good, good, good. Well, we'll have you back on the show to talk about that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So where can people see Survive the Game on VOD and in theaters everywhere soon? On the eighth in theaters, which is limited and then on the 12th on VOD and Blu-ray and DVD of October. Of October. Great. Well, thank you, James. I wish you much success with this film and look forward to talking to you about your next film, too. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You rock. Thank you. (laughs) So do you. My pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) If you have missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies, you can find us just about anywhere. We, uh, You can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived. You can go to the Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it, we're there. We also are on YouTube. Please go and follow us on our YouTube channel and also follow us at The Jam Price Show on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you all for listening. Jam Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jam Price Show, all about movies.